26 from verse 1. The Bible says, Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. Jump to verse 3. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoleah of Jerusalem. I jump to verse 6. And he went out and made war against the Philistines. One of the things that happened with this guy was that God gave him the boldness to confront the perennial enemy of Israel. The one who will come again and again. You know, I gave a word at New Year's Eve service that in 2019, God is terminating generational issues, perennial problems, total victory. That's what this year is all about. Total victory. Things that have been coming and going, small victories. Total, complete. Say a good amen, somebody. So, Uzziah went and confronted the Philistines, the enemy of Israel. If you remember Goliath of God, he was a Philistine. That's how they come. The days of Saul, they came. And they, they will come and harass Israel. God gave this young man, this teenager, who they made king by divine inspiration, the boldness and the courage to confront the Philistines. The Bible says, now he went out and made war with the Philistines and broke down the wall of God and the wall of uh, Jabneh and the wall of Ashdod and he built cities around Ashdod among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gobal, Against the Meunites, also the Hamorites, brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. Somebody in 2019, you will become exceedingly strong. In the name of Jesus. Verse 9, and Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate at the valley gate and at the corner buttress of the wall. Then he fortified them. Uzziah was into infrastructural development. We need people like Uzziah in Nigeria because the infrastructural deficit is humongous. Yeah. It's not small by any chance. Look at this. Verse 10. Also he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells. For he had much livestock, but in the lowland, sorry, both in the lowlands and in the plains, he also had farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in, in, in Camel, which is another place, in Camel, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies, according to the number of their role, as prepared by uh, Jair, the Scribe and Messiah, the officer, under the hand of Ananiah, one of king's captains. Uzziah also had great people around him. And Uzziah was not afraid to fight Boko Haram. Yeah. Yeah. He had great people around him and he was winning battles. He had a great army. Uzziah at this time was still a teenager. Age is not a barrier to marvelous help. Yeah. 
And as I speak this morning, all the middle-aged people and older people hearing the sound of my voice this morning and everyone that will partake of this message, I need you to understand that I'm not saying it's only old, I mean, young people that God wants to help. All I'm trying to say is that age is not a barrier to engaging divine help. Abraham was in his 80s, going to 100 when God started to help him marvelously. Are you still with me today? Yeah. It's all in the mind. It's all in the positioning. In the, it's all in the engagement, the level of engagement that you want to have with God. But I'm saying that even a young chap like Uzziah engaged God and God helped him. And what men of great age should be doing, a young chap was doing. The Bible says in verse 12, the total number of chief officers of the mighty men of valor was 2,600. And under their authority was an army of 300 and 7,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. Then Uzziah prepared for them, for the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, and slings to cast stones. So they, they, all their armory was intact. It was making weapons available for them. Young chap. Verse 15, the last one. And he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners. See, when the Bible says he made devices, they could not qualify it. They just called them devices. In the days of Uzziah, he was creating weapons that they have not seen before. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Like bombs and all those kind of things. He made devices. May God give you grace for witty inventions. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Yeah. The Bible says he made, he, he, he made devices. So he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones so his fame spread far and wide. For he was marvelously helped till he became strong. You will enjoy marvelous help in 2019. I said you will enjoy marvelous help in 2019. On your job, marvelous help. At home, marvelous help. In business, marvelous help. In the name of Jesus. In your marriage, marvelous help. In the name of Jesus. So the Bible was talking about this young man and how he positioned himself to engage the help of God. This God that helped Uzziah, a 16-year-old, to be distinguished, to literally make greatness common, to show that even a teenager, even somebody in his 20s, can, can you know, lead and lead a nation to become a strong nation. Not a weak nation. Not a nation that can be pushed around anyhow. A strong one. And I know as I'm talking this morning, you can't get your mind off Nigeria. The truth is that uh, the message may resonate with us better because of the way things are in our nation. I'm not in anyhow political with this message. I'm talking to you, not to the government. So hear me well. It's you that God wants to raise as Uzziah. Yeah. So let's get it straight so that your mind will not be straying. 
Maybe he's going to land somewhere. Maybe he's taking us to Asorok. Nothing like that. We are here, all right? We are not going anywhere. This is where we are, all right? I'm talking to you, and it's about you. It's about your family. It's about the role that God wants you to play in this nation. It's about how God wants to use you. It's about how he wants you to engage marvelous help because he's, he's, he's there to help you. And some of us are missing the call. Some of us are not engaging this help. That's what we're talking about this morning. And I need your presence of mind. I know we're in a political season. So as I'm talking, your mind may be strained. We're not talking politics here this morning. We're talking destiny, not politics. They're two different things. All right? We're talking about your destiny. We're talking about the call of God on your life. We're talking about the help of God that's been made available to you. And we're talking about the need for you to engage it. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Glory be to God. So, God shows us his character all through his word. He showed us what he could do with an old person like Abraham. He also showed us what he could do with a young person like Uzziah. It's all about the covenant and it's all about help. A covenant is usually called between two people. One is usually higher than the other. And the one that is lower engages the help of the higher one. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. Engages the help of the higher one. Even in our traditional African uh, life and religion, we see that they cut covenant. I'm a Yoruba man. When people go to Ogun Shrine, Ifa Shrine, Shango Shrine, they respect Shango, they worship him. They now cut a covenant with Shango so that Shango can help them. We are not in a shrine, we are in church. God wants us to engage his help the same way. Because we are his children. And we must open our minds to it as we go into 2019. You know, there's a way you can walk in and walk as if you are the helper of the universe and you don't need help. Eh? And you're just doing your own thing. You don't pray. You don't worship. You don't consult with anybody. You, are, you yourself, you are the helper. And God will just be looking at you as you are going. Yeah. Say, come, continue, help yourself. Though marvelous help is available to you, but you can help yourself. May you not be in that kind of situation this year. Because people who have gotten into such kind of situations before lived a life of regret. And that will not be your portion. Also in Psalm 78, Psalm 78 we see God demonstrating himself as the all-powerful who can help all lovers. The all-powerful. You know, like I said before, what God did in the Old Testament, he did as an example to us in the New Testament. We say that the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. Shadow of the New Testament. The shadow of a thing is never far from it in terms of distance and shape. You can't be here and we're seeing your shadow in Ogun State. Something is wrong. An enemy has done that. Yeah. If you are here, we should be seeing your shadow here. Apart from that, your shadow should cast your shape. That shape talks about character. I hope you understand know, when you say something has character, it means it has certain shape. Yeah. Shape talks about character. If your shadow looks like a cat, there's a problem. I don't know if. You <laughs> Is somebody following me this morning? 
Let's say there's an interference there. Yeah. Yeah. So when we look at the character of God in the Old Testament, we see the same character pervasive in all the scriptures. For instance, God is a gracious God, and we see the character of grace all through the Bible. We see the character of mercy. It's a man of war. We see the character of a man of war all through the Bible. Yeah. You don't mess with him. All through the Bible, we see all that. It's the same thing here. When it comes to help, we see God's character as a helper of destiny all through the scriptures. And he demonstrates that when he wants to show his power. So in Psalm 78, when you read from verse 12, you see how God demonstrated his power. He gave an account, you know, of how he demonstrated his power to Israel in Egypt and in the wilderness. Ladies and gentlemen, as I read this morning, one of the things you'll find out is that God likes to show off. Yeah. God likes to show off. And when he's showing off, it's not just for bragging. It's to register certain things that power past power. All right? And he also did it, I'm going to get into it in a moment, to, for, a, for a renewal of mind. So, Psalm 78 verse 12. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through it. Somebody say, unlimited God. unlimited God. He made the waters stand up like a heap. Somebody say, unlimited God. unlimited God. Verse 14, in the daytime, he also led them with the cloud. That's the God of divine direction. Yeah. Jehovah Compass. He led them with the cloud. And all the night with the light of fire. Night in the wilderness is very cold. He set up climate control for them. Yeah. In the night. Somebody say unlimited God. Unlimited. Verse 16 said, he, or verse 15, he split the rocks in the wilderness. That's the God that does the impossible. Yeah. Split the rock in the wilderness and gave them drink in abundance like the death. As if they are inside the ocean. That's the God of divine provision. Who can go to any land to provide for his people. Somebody say unlimited God. God. Can go to any land to provide for his people. Verse 16. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to stand up like the river. That's the God that we're talking about. That's the God that we're talking about. A God that cannot be limited. A God that solves difficult problems and overwhelming challenges. The God of divine provision, God of divine protection, God of divine guidance and direction. God who preserves and delivers. Now, in Egypt, have you ever thought about it before? If you read the templates, for instance, you ask yourself the question, what is all this, what we call in this part of the world, shakara, all about? You know, just show up. It could have been simpler than that. Pharaoh would just sleep and not wake up. But you know, I said God loves to show off. To Pharaoh, was showing off. God was showing off to him. To say, you know what? I will keep you alive to see the greatness of my power. Don't you prefer that rather than praying that your enemy will die? 
let the enemy be alive and see God mesmerize him. Yeah. What God did in Egypt, if there's any word that's greater than to be mesmerized, if you ask Pharaoh, what happened to you? He will say, I was mesmeres. Because I was completely messed up. Yeah. I, I didn't understand. I mean, Pharaoh would, would tell them, carry this idiot out of this place. That was Moses. Carry him, carry him. He's the same person that would say, hey, God, go and look for Moses. Go and look for him. This is too much. I can't handle it. That's when the plague is at the highest level. Yeah. God was mesmerizing Pharaoh and Egypt, yet blowing the mind of Israel. God will blow your mind in 2019. He was just blowing their mind. Israel was just, you see, uh, maybe I should pause here to say something. You cannot really appreciate what happened in Egypt until you consider critically the state of the mind of the Jews. Over 400 years of slavery is not a joke. It changes the mindset and the psyche of a nation. You know, we're very, uh, uh, you know, we're very, we talk about it very simply today, that uh, close to 70% of the population of our nation lives below the poverty line. And we don't know what that has done to us as a people. What has done to us as a people is that... Uh, the bulk of Nigerians are frustrated. The bulk of Nigerians cannot trust anybody. They don't even know how to take responsibility for themselves, let alone their children. That's what we're talking about. When you are being in slavery, whether olden day slavery or modern day slavery, for so long, you're, you have been dehumanized. You lack the capacity to trust and to engage help, even when help comes. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Because some of us will read the Bible and we'll blame Israel. How come there's this recalcitrant? You know, they got in the wilderness. God was giving them manna. They were asking for garlic. They are confused people. Slavery of 400 years is not a joke. Yeah. They, they, they didn't even know themselves again. And the bulk of our nation is in that place right now. That's why today, distrust or lack of trust is at the highest level in our nation. See, if God sent an angel from heaven to lead a corporation, lead this nation, lead a church, lead anything, people will still not trust the person. Because we are messed up. I'm telling you the truth. So today, and you know one of the, the effects of slavery is blame game and accusation. Accusation. Slaves blame other people because they, they have not learned to take responsibility for themselves. That's why the average Nigerian conversation is a blame game. Go online. There's somebody to blame. Yeah. If we're not blaming politicians, we're blaming people in corporate Nigeria. I'm not saying that all those people are saints because even pastors have been blamed to, to the highest level. It's a trait of a people that have been deprived. I was having a conversation with my wife a few days ago. I said, ah. I said very soon, everything that happened in this country, pastors will be blamed for it too. Yeah. Even if the budget did not come out on time, pastors will be blamed for it. <laughs> yes. Because it now looks like pastors are blamed for everything. And it's not only pastors. We see lack of trust in families. 
we see lack of trust everywhere. This is one of the ways we have been missing God. And we have been limiting God. Because now, even if God sends a good person, we will miss the person. When Moses got to Egypt, they said, who are you? Who sent you? And God already told him, Moses said, if they ask me, he said, tell them, I am that I am sent me, sent you. And yet, they told him at a point, we are not going with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not easy to cope with deprivation. Yeah. Ours is not up to 400 years. But if it will not be 400 years, we have to change as a people. Let it start with you. Yeah. In 2019, make up your mind. I don't want to limit God in my life. I don't want the pain of the past to hold me down from getting into my future. I don't want to live a life where I cannot trust anybody, including God. The reason, for instance, let me double into the reason, for instance, why people are pandering to the message of don't give in church. Don't, it's lack of trust. Yeah, it's still lack of trust and suspicion. All pastors are now thieves. Yeah. Meanwhile, some of us here have parents that are pastors, and you know they never stole money from church. But when they say all pastors are thieves, you say yes. Some people will make crazy comments online. And when you check them out, uh, they, they, they know that what they are saying is not true. They just want to be politically correct. What has happened to us as a people? You come to church like this, you can't trust the person sitting beside you. How then can we make progress? Are we still together? There is silence in the house of God. If we don't want to limit God individually and as a people, we have to change our mind. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. We need to come to terms with it. If you are listening to me here this morning, tell yourself, I must enforce shalom in my home in 2019. Shalom means peace. So I'm going to trust my spouse. The devil will not make me a monitoring spirit. Yeah. All the time, all the time, they are using gadget to trace your spouse. He's not missing, or she's not missing. Yeah. You are not God. It's only God. The Bible says the eyes of God run it to and fro. Yeah. Allow God to do his work. You just be a good spouse. That's all. Are you still with me today? If you are running after somebody, you go to where you are not supposed to be. Then you will miss God. Because God is looking for you where you are supposed to be. But because of lack of trust, it's so pervasive. To the point that it's becoming difficult for people that God has brought together, maybe to be partners in business or something. To, and you know, God loves synergy. The Bible says in Psalm 126 uh, or so, He said, Behold, how good and pleasant for brethren to draw together in unity. He says it's like the oil that is upon the head of Aaron that flows down his bed, down to his cat. And at the end of it, he said, that's where God commands his blessing. The blessing of God is invested where there's trust, where there's unity. Remember what happened in Genesis, Tower of Babel. God said there's nothing that they are determined to do that they will not be able to do if they have one language. Because he said, I can't stop them. I have configured the universe 
that power, blessing, and favor must respond to unity. That's how it is. So where there's unity, everything just flows in that direction. May God give you grace, 2019, Amen. to resolve all the issues of lack of trust around your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus, receive wisdom to live a trustworthy life. Amen. In the name of Jesus, receive wisdom to, re to resolve trust issues around your home, around your business. In the name of Jesus. I cannot hear your amen loud and clear. It's very important. Very, very important. God wants to demonstrate his power towards us. We must not limit him. Let me go a little further this morning. Verse 41 of Psalm 78, the Bible says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. In order for us not to limit him, say yet again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. If you're not going to limit him, you have to be aware of some of these things I'm saying. Let me lay out a few more things on it, then I'll close. Wrong belief system. You must stand against wrong belief system. Yeah. Wrong belief system. Let me give just two examples of wrong belief system. There are many of them. Maybe I should teach later this month. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of them. But let me just drop these two and then I'll, I'll take one or two more points and close. One, for instance, is what we call Kesera Sera. What will be, will be. You can't have Kesera Sera mindset and you will not limit God. You have already limited God. The moment you start thinking like that. Yeah. Some people even have a wrong theology of what we call the, 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 the doctrine of predestination. In Romans 8, when you read from verse 28 down to 30, it says, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's verse 28. Verse 29 says, for whom he foreknew, foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Even if we stop there, it should make sense to you. He predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. What is the image of his son? Was Jesus limited? No. Was Jesus useless? No. How can the destiny of somebody be to be useless? And you say, what will be, will be. If it's about what will be, will be, how can Jesus need a donkey and say, you should go and get one? No. If it's about what will be, will be, how can they ask Jesus to come and pay taxes and say, Peter, go to the river, let down your, your, your fishing line. The first fish you got, open the mouth, you'll find it there, come. That's not what will be, will be. It's that the Lord has unleashed his power and his grace to make great things happen in my life. My destiny is to be conformed to the image of his son. He was in all ways tempted, just like we have, but yet without sin. That does not start like Keserah. Keserah Kesera says, if sin will finish him, let me just, let me just finish me. Yeah. Yeah. This, this habit, this, uh, this, this drug, or this whatever is killing me, let it just be killing me. That's Keserah. Keserah. Uh, if it's cocaine that will kill somebody, let it just kill somebody. Yeah. That's, that's Keserah. Keserah. Yeah. But the power of God says you cannot be enslaved by anything. That doesn't sound like Keserasera. If you want to deal with your unlimited God, you can't layer it on Keserasera. That app cannot run on this platform. You know, unlimited God is an app. <laughs> you cannot run on Keserasera platform. It will crash. That's why some people are not making progress in life. Are you still with me today? Yeah. 
For whom he did foreknown, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of the Son. He said that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. Look at verse 30. That's the last one. He said, moreover, whom he predestined, this he also called. Whom he called, this he also what? Justified. And whom he justified, this he also glorified. Glory speaks of splendor. It speaks of limitlessness. It speaks of beauty. It speaks of wealth. It speaks of peace. So you can't say what will be, will be. You cannot access God's power like that and engage your unlimited God like that. Another mindset. The mindset, for instance, that many young or young Christians, I mean young in faith, or Christians who have refused to grow, you are not making any effort at all to break boundaries spiritually. Sin is dealing with you all the time. So you are, you, are, you are living in guilt and condemnation. And you just, you know, just stay there and say, God is angry with me. So if sickness comes, it's because God is angry with me. If things are not happening, ah, you say, ah, God is angry with me. Yeah. You see the, the, the story in the book of Luke, the prodigal son. The prodigal son asked for his benefits, his entitlement, and then went off. And he started living a riotous life, the Bible says. And then when condemnation came to his heart, at a point he woke up and he said, ah, no. Even the servants in my father's house, they don't live like this. They don't live from hand to mouth. They don't eat pig's food. Let me go back home. And he said, I will say to my father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. I'm not worthy again to be called your son. Make him one, like one of your hired servants. You know, there's a religion that says all of us are servants, I mean, are slaves of God. That's the mindset of that religion. That we're not worthy again to be called children of God. Yeah, that's the prodigal son mindset. That mindset cannot access the fullness of God's power. In the story of the prodigal son, when the boy was approaching with a negative, that mindset of just make me like one of your hired servants, what did God, figuratively, in that parable, the father showed up with open hands. Go and kill the fatted calf. That's what he said. I want to unleash my help and my blessing on you. Yeah. Your knucklehead self, who has, been, who has been all over the place, but yet I'm a God of mercy and a God of grace, and I forgive. Yeah, I forgive. That's God. That's the God that we serve. Don't say because I've lived this life of sin, I've done that, God hates me, God doesn't love me, so if anything is going down, God is punishing me. God doesn't punish that way. Yeah. It's a God of mercy and God of grace. But in Romans 6 and verse 1, Paul has a very critical question. He said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No. Why? Because God forgives, but yet there, is, there are consequences. Let me give you an example. You know, if you falsify figures at work and you steal your employer's money, you can pray and ask God for forgiveness. God will forgive you. But your employer will prosecute you and you will go to jail and God will follow you to jail and be with you there because he has forgiven you. Your issue is not with God. Your issue is with the person whose money you stole. Are we still together? Are we still together? That's how it works. So you can't say God will forgive, God will forgive. 
You keep cheating on your spouse. The day your spouse finds out, or the spouse of the person you are cheating with finds out, if they break your head, your head is broken. <laughs> God will forgive you, but your head is broken. And if it's your leg, it's broken. This is how you live the rest of your life. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Our problem is not with God. Paul said we cannot continue in sin and say grace will abound. The power of God and the grace of God also brings change. God forgives and then gives power to transform. But some love religion, but they deny the power. Yeah. So the religion is the one that says you can just show up anyhow. God, God is merciful. God is merciful. Yeah. But that power that comes, the power of mercy and grace, that transforms a life, that gives you the power not to be enslaved to that sin, is what you need to embrace. As you overcome, you know, that pool of sin, and you grow in your faith, you have access to the power of God in a bigger dimension. If you want to fellowship with your limited God, you have to make up your mind, it's time to grow. I was saying in the last service, I was 19 the first time I participated in the congregational fast for 40 days. And evidently, I did not die because I'm still here. Yeah. But some of us now, we say we're doing 21 days prayer and fasting from tomorrow. Already you, are, you have already asked yourself, I cannot be a part of that. Yeah. In your mind, you are not there. I know. Yeah. You have already made up your mind. If we like, we can announce it 100 times in this service. Nothing. Yeah. Say so it's not for people like us. So who, are, who is it for? Because you, you feel like, like you say in my language, in your mind you are saying koleto, you know. It's not, you know, koleto means it's not that bad. Yeah. Who did we offend? How can we be fasting for 21 days? <laughs> that, that's how some people, <laughs> that's how some people behave. You have already taken yourself out of it. You're not even thinking about it. Yet, you want God to match up with you at a certain level. Draw near unto me, and I will draw near unto you. They that seek me early shall find me. Knock, and the door shall be open. Seek, and you shall find. Are you seeking? We want to fast, and in our fasting, we're seeking him. We're not seeking material things. We're not praying for a new car, a new house. We're praying for his heart. When we get his heart, we will get his hand. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. How do you want to seek him in 2019? So that all these mindsets will be dealt with. God wants you to be free. The Bible says either the son of God is set free, is free indeed. Free indeed. Glory be to Jesus. Let me put the remaining together in two minutes. One, understand that God has a plan for your life. And then God wants us to live in expectancy. Yeah. God wants you to live in expectancy. God has a plan for your life. And he wants you to live in expectancy. To have an expectation. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. He said, I know the thoughts, the plans that I have for you. He said, there are plans of good and not of evil. God has a plan. 
He just wants you to follow it. If you want to engage his help, you must follow his plan. And as you follow his plan, you must understand that what you do either hates the fulfillment of the plan or will destroy it. That's why Galatians 6 and verse 9 says that we should not be weary in well-doing, for we will reap if we faint not. What I do today is either aiding or destroying God's plan for my life. If I want to maximize his help, I must do things that aid his plan for my life, not the things that destroy them. And as I do that, I do that in the atmosphere of expectancy. God wants me to be expectant. Isaiah 43, verse 18, down to 21. He said, don't remember the former things or the things of old. I want to do a new thing. Can you help me ask your neighbor, what does a new thing mean to you? One of the ways we create expectancy or expectation is to define personally what a new thing means to me. Yeah. Define it personally. If you don't know how to, look at the lives of people who have gone ahead of you, who are doing well. Borrow certain pictures from their life. Use it to create what a new thing should mean in your life. Set new goals. To do things that you have never do, done before. That's what, that's what a new thing means. A new thing means something that has not existed before. Yeah. A baby has not come to this world before. That's a new thing. God wants to do a new thing. A business or a level in business that you haven't seen before. When it comes to finances, there are levels. Yeah. I remember many years ago when I was still at Daystar Christian Center, a brother gave a testimony one day. And all of us opened our mouth. His salary in January was his tight in December. He said it's a new thing. Yeah, that's a new thing. Glory be to Jesus. Yeah? One more salary. Now became what you pay in tight. That's a new thing. I'm just trying to help somebody to, God said I want to do a new thing. Create an expectation in your heart. Don't get tired of your expectancy, of your, your heart of expectancy. Don't get tired of expecting something. Expectation is the mother of miracles. Yeah. You can imagine, what can you do to a man? Sorry, just give me one moment. What can you do to a man or a woman? Like the woman with the issue of blood that shared a story at the New Year's Eve service. A person who has been seeking healing for 12 years. Yet, she was still expectant. <laughs> Some people are giving up too soon. You limit God's power that way. 12 years. It's not 12 years of sitting at home and saying, God healed me. No. She went everywhere. The Bible says she had an encounter, many encounters with many physicians. And they cleaned her up as in they collected all of her money. And at this point, she was already broke. But her hope was not broken. And she was still pressing. Some people have not gone through anything. Just two years of marriage and no child. You have already, you know, you have already given up. They're now begging you to come to church. May the Lord help you in 2019. Yeah. One year of being out of a job, you're allowing depression to set in. You need to wake yourself up. God gives hope. Will you embrace it? 
Can somebody be in the same situation for 12 years? Yet, she pressed through the crowd. If I may touch his garment, I will be made whole. It's important for you to know that you cannot fulfill purpose accidentally. You cannot fulfill purpose accidentally. You have to be intentional. Yeah. You see the image on the screen? That's how some people are living their life. You want to fulfill purpose accidentally. No. You have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. That's why I'm asking every adult in this house, pressing as we start tomorrow, don't excuse yourself. If you excuse yourself, you're excusing yourself from the power of God and its manifestation. Yeah. Press in. Let's seek God when he can be found. Press in. Don't think that you can fulfill purpose accidentally. Yeah. Don't think you can fulfill purpose accidentally. Ephesians 5 from verse 16 says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Trust God to reveal to you and help you understand his purpose. Lastly, today, live in the spirit. Live in the spirit. Live in the spirit. That was where I started from. Live in the spirit. It's time to begin to recognize, cultivate, enjoy the presence of God. Live in the spirit. That's what the scripture says. And you walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. The reason why some of us are still being held down by our natural proclivities and, you know, bad habits and all that is that we have decided not to fully embrace the plans of God for our lives, living in the spirit. It's time to live in the spirit. Ephesians 5 at verse 18 said, Be not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled or be continually filled with the spirit. Yeah. Singing and making melody in your heart to God, just singing to yourself. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always in all things. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Let me tap your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's time to live in the spirit. As we live in the spirit, we cultivate his presence. We get the Obedidom experience which I shared at the New Year's Eve service. Please get the message and listen to it. As we go through the month of January, we're going to expand more on this. God has a plan for your life this year. It must not elude you. Can I hear your amen? Yeah.